Uh, this has been a real occasion where the word has been preparing me. During July at some time, I was just going down three stairs and up three stairs, which is the way I go when I want to sit down quietly and uh, read and pray and reflect and sometimes sing and write things in my notebook. And uh, suddenly something came to me. It was this. What is your posture? What is your posture? Now, I don't think it was really the right word because I'm not talking about whether you're bent one way or bent the other, but whether you're sitting down, standing up, laying down, slouching, whatever. And I felt that uh, the thing for me at that point was, am I standing? Now, that was in the middle of July. It has gone on and on all the way through August. And now we're here in September. And this thing has been battering me from side to side, pushing me. I've thought about it. Do I need to be literally standing rather than sitting? Well, I've got a watch. And if I sit down for more than an hour, it tells me I need to stand. And then I have to walk around for at least a minute. And then it's in its very patronising Apple way, it tells me how well I've done afterwards and allows me to go and sit down again. Standing up is literally very good, but have a think for a minute. Oh, can I have the, uh, have the dewberry over here? If it was stretched this far. Um, I've got a question for you. So, this may seem obvious, but it isn't quite as obvious as uh, you might think it would be. Um, but have a think about why is it that people stand? Why do we stand rather than doing anything else? Anybody got some suggestions? So you can reach something. So you can reach something. That's interesting. So you can see. So you can see. What else? <laughs> Do you know you come up with three? That was no chairs. So, so you can read something so you can see no chairs. None of those three things came to my mind. Brilliant, all of them. Anything else? So you can be ready to move from place to place, yeah? Anything else? Pardon? Respect, yeah. Okay. Say again, please. Yeah, because you're not ready to move. But you are on the move. Well, if you're standing and you're on the move, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, they're standing, though. Uh, they're on their way up to the top. They're in the queue to get to the top of Everest. Last week, yet again, somebody died uh, on Everest. And uh, he'd been standing, waiting to get down for over two hours uh, when that happened. John, what was yours? Because the water's deep. Because the water's deep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not too deep. If it gets very deep and you're standing. Do you know the thing that occurs to me that nobody's mentioned? The reason that I find myself most often standing is because I'm waiting for something. I do stand, I, um, I, I don't know whether that still happens. Does it happen at school that you have to wait outside a classroom and stand before, no? 
In some places it does, in some places it doesn't. I, would, I only taught for three years, was never very good at it, but because uh, I asked questions about things like that, and I, I, I was never quite sure that having people stand outside a room for a while was going to make it any better when they finally came in uh, to sit down. Um, you stand under those circumstances. I remember a school teacher of mine who used to say, gentlemen, he said, never stand up when you can sit down and never sit down when you can lay down. Now, he wasn't talking literally. He was talking about drawing angles and things like that. Uh, find the easy way to do it. But the experience of standing when it was really unpleasant, and any of you who have lived in London will know this, because most people who live in London commute, commute was standing on the underground. And I would get on the train of an evening, for about five years I did this, at Blackfriars, and during the summer it was particularly terrible because it would be full of tourists with cases and no common sense uh, taking up more than uh, the necessary space. And when you got to Monument, because of the change from the circle line, you got more people getting on them. It was a relief at Tower Hill because some people would get out to go to the Fenchurch Street line. And hopefully by Whitechapel I could get a, a seat. And even then my 25-year-old weary bones really appreciated the chance to sit down and do the evening standard crossword, which in the end, over years of doing it, I could do in about 20 minutes, which was pretty good, uh, at least for me, who's not very good at those either. Standing is not something we tend to do by choice. We'd rather be walking or we'd rather be sitting or laying down or slouched in a chair or something else. And I want to ask you a question this morning. Very simple question, not worried about the other postures. You know, it talks a bit in, uh, there's a little book that's written by a guy called Watchman Nee. And uh, he was uh, executed for his faith in 1972. But it's about the book of Ephesians and it talks about sit, walk, Stand. So we sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we walk in uh, God's ways and uh, we stand for a variety of reasons. And I want to talk about what's going on inside. If you were to describe the way you are inside at the moment, would you see yourself as standing? Would you see yourself racing up and down like a headless chicken? Would you see yourself sitting down because it's too much effort to get up? Would you see yourself piled in the corner and half asleep because life is all too much? That's what uh, I'm asking about this morning. And what I'd like to do is to uh, pose the question to us, should we... Oh, this works differently to... How do you get them to move, Pete? No, it's all right. The arrow hadn't appeared. That's it. I've got it. Yeah. Uh, the um, Should you be standing? And I want to talk about three people. Now, what I've done is I've given you the Bible references for these stories because I can only do a couple of little verses because we've only got 15 minutes and uh, you need to read around the story if you're going to make sense of it. And the first person 
I want to talk about is a guy called Elijah. Now, Elijah was right at the top. He was the five-star personality along with Moses in the Old Testament. His story starts with him talking about the fact he stands before God. And later on, he talks about standing before God. And then something happens. He has a complete collapse and uh, goes off. He really can't cope. Now, you're going to have to have a look at the story to find it out for yourself. But what happens is this. He's laying under a bush in the middle of the wilderness and an angel comes. The angel doesn't come and tell him to sort himself out and stand up. The first thing that happens is the angel gives him food. And then he goes back to sleep again. And then the angel comes back and gives him more food. And then he has another sleep. And then after that, he's able to move on. And from the bush, he goes to a cave. And in the cave, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? He'd been asked that the day before. Well, actually, 40 days before as well by God. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. I'm the only one left. Read the story. You'll find out why he thinks that. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the, for the Lord is about to pass by. You need to stand sometimes to find out what's going on in your world, in your interior world. There is a time when we have to get up and say the time for sleeping, the time for resting, the time for spiritually stuffing my face has passed. I need to stand up. And he stood there and some Elijah things happened. First of all, there was an earthquake. Then there was a storm. Then there was a wind. There was all sorts of stuff. And the word of the Lord didn't come in the way that it used to come. It came in a tiny whisper that God spoke to him and God whispered to him all that he needed to do. When he came to be awake, when he paid attention to God, it all began to come together. And we stand in order to be awake. I used to teach in Zimbabwe to, uh, for a couple of weeks a year. And one of the things I noticed with students there, particularly in the afternoon sessions, these were pastors who were doing training, some of them would get up and they would stand behind their chairs so they wouldn't fall asleep, which I thought was a brilliant thing. We stand, it brings us to wakefulness, it keeps us to wake. Then here's my next one. Not going to be able to talk about the third one other than to give a brief mention. This guy's called Habakkuk or Habakkuk or something else. It really doesn't matter because nobody knows how it was pronounced in those days. Um, oops, got to go back. Gone back too far and forward again. And what happened here was Habakkuk was a prophet. He had a real go at God. He laid out what the issues were and then he stopped and God responded to him. And uh, we don't get the words, that's all very well, said Habakkuk. But he then went on at God again. And his second go at God was three times as long as his first one. And then there was silence. And uh, Habakkuk said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to climb up to my watchtower. I'm going to stand up 
at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Sometimes we stand up because we have to be active. I don't know whether his day job was as a soldier, right? Whether he was in the logistics corps and was the kind of person who watched out for things. But uh, uh, that's what he did. Inside, he was climbing a watchtower. He was standing at a guard post. He was looking to see what happened. Elijah was concerned with his interior world. Habakkuk was concerned with the world around him and needed to be active. So here's my next question. Are you standing up actively to work out, to understand from God what's going on in your world? Because if you read the newspaper, if you watch the news, if you follow social media, it looks chaotic, okay, from day to day and from week to week. And our job is to look beyond that to see what God is saying. Trouble is, of course, when we do that, we're bound to come up with different things and none of us are right all of the time because we always look through our values and through our politics at the world around us. But even so, God can speak to us and tell us what his plans are. If you're going to read Habakkuk, only three chapters to read. So you could read the whole book and at the end, there are some really interesting things. It sort of finishes up with a sort of song that uh, uh, he sang about what happens, the fact he would rejoice in God even when things weren't working properly. My next one, and I really don't have time to mention this uh, in detail, is uh, the, uh, the Ephesian Christians. When Paul was in Ephesus, he said that he fought with wild beasts. That was a metaphor. It was a big city. Weren't too many lions wandering around but it was spiritually a mess. Look at that. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armour of God so you can take your stand. There are times when we need to take our stand against health issues, against things that are happening in our family, against things that are happening in your school or your university. You will certainly, this term, at some point, need to take a stand and need to do it at work as well. Therefore, put on the full armour of God. Talks about the full armour of God, if you have a quick read of that. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Able to stand. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Very easy. And I'm up to my 15 minutes now. Uh, uh, To get to the point at school, at university, as a worker in that environment where you sort of don't stand. It's really difficult sometimes to stand against bullying, to stand against negative talk, to stand against things where if you challenge them, you know it will make you unpopular, whether you're at work, in family. For those of you who are parents, or grandparents for that matter, Standing before God on behalf of your family members is part of that. And I've got an intuition, and this may be me being narcissistic, and how can you not be accused of being narcissistic if you think God speaks to you at times? Comes with the package. 
It's a, a, I wonder whether we're entering a time where having been sitting down and recovering from all sorts of stuff, it's a time where we need to stand. Yeah. It's a need for us to find out what's going on inside ourselves and stand up. There's a need for us to climb up to a place where we can see. As you guys go into school, back to uh, university, uh, into a whole new section as a sixth former as well now, where uh, everybody assumes you're very sensible and allows you to do exactly what you feel like most of the time, to actually see what's going on in your environment, Okay. It may be a difficult environment, but to see what's going on. But then, like the Ephesians, to see what's happening in the world we can't see as well. And there, I'm going to have to finish. We're going to have to pray. And I suppose my question now is, guys, are you standing to be awake, to be active, to be armed? If you can't remember what I've talked about, read through those three passages that I put up on WhatsApp and see how it goes for you. We pray.